Yo, Rob Harvilla from 60 Songs That Explain the 90s here to inform you that we are back with 30 more songs because the 90s were super long and had a ton of rad music. Please join us every Wednesday for more 60 Songs That Explain the 90s only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half-price shakes every night after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. Just think of it, all that creamy Soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like goofy shakes. I like vanilla shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? Vanilla shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic Half Price Shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic Drive-Ins. The Rewatchables is brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find the Fantasy Football Show with Craig Horlbeck, our producer. You can find The Watch with Chris Ryan. You still cranking that out? Absolutely. Twice a week. You find the Bill Simmons Podcast. And today, on The Rewatchables, a movie we've circled for a long, long time. You think God will forgive us for what we've done with this podcast, Chris Ryan? <laughs> Man on Fire is next. Have you protected a lot of children before, Mr. Creasy? No, you're the first. Do you have a girlfriend? What kind of question is that? Supposed to be studying history. That is history. Creasy history. No, that's ancient history. Pizza! When life is a commodity. They're negotiating a ransom. I'm going to go get her. You don't need a saint. I'm the sheep that got lost, my friend. You need a savior. She showed him it was all right to live again. You really might know. Man on Fire, rated R, tomorrow, only in theaters. All right, this was on a short list of movies we had always planned on doing that uh, we had to do, that we knew we had to do. That's one of the most rewatchable movies of the last 20 years. It's in the running for me for a favorite action movie of the last 20 years. I wanted to talk that really? out with you a little later. Yeah. Interesting. I was thinking about it. I was trying to decide what action movie I liked more than this movie. And I think, unfortunately, the answer might be Fast Five Interesting. for this movie. I still love Fast Five, but this one's up there. Denzel, Tony Scott, 2004. And I told my dad we were doing this this weekend. He loves Man on Fire. We should have had him come in. He loves this movie. And he was just like, definition of a rewatchable. Any moment of the movie, you can jump in and you're ready to go. And I was like, exactly. That's exactly why this is a rewatchable. It's like, oh, is, is he just starting to get to know Dakota Fanny's character better? <laughs> Great, I'm in. Has swim practice oh, started yet? Yes. Oh, she's swimming now? I'm in. <laughs> is, is Oh, wait, she's been kidnapped and he's in the hospital now recovering? I guess I'm in. Uh-oh, now he's mad. People have to pay up. I'm still in. Yeah. Any point you jump in. Um, I... I usually start rewatchables with like a really like ornate reason why this film is important or why I love it. Mm. I just gotta say, I like watching Denzel Washington kill guys. 
Which was like what the this criticisms is my, this were. This is my the moment. I just like watching Denzel kill guys for an hour. You like butter in your ass? Yeah. And I like Denzel Washington putting explosives up other men's rectums and telling them that it's time for them to meet God. This movie fucking rocks. The last hour of this oh movie is unrelenting. You know, I think that I'll be curious to know whether or not you find on rewatch all the Peter Creasy stuff to be as like fascinating as like each time. You know, uh, can I give you my answer now? Absolutely. I actually like it more each time. Okay. I think that's my favorite part of the movie, but it, because it, I mean, there's a, like my daughter, that was my favorite age for my daughter, like that age nine, age 10. Right. It's just that they're the best. That's like little girls. They're curious, but they still like you, right? Yeah, like they can, they're, they're just articulate. Like, they're, they're smart enough to know what's going on. You can hang out with them, but they're still little kids. And I think that's one of the reasons this movie gets me as rewatchable is because well, she's incredible in this movie. Yeah. But their connection and their scenes, that by the time she gets taken, every time, you're like, no. Even though I know she's getting taken. Yeah. We've seen this how many times? I, mean, I know a, they're taking her. It's a super modern movie, but at the same time, it's just the searchers. It's just, there's, it's just Death Wish and Point Blank, and it's like one of the great revenge movies ever made. Yeah. It's one of my favorite Denzels, but I was going through all my Denzels and I realized, you know, we sometimes do like, oh, this five-year run or this decade that this guy had. Mm. And Denzel, it's 87 to 2012. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's Denzel needs to be talked about in the cruise zone. Uh, Wesley Morris just wrote a really great movie stardom piece for the New York yeah. Times. And he talks a little bit about this where it's like, Denzel is just kind of in that, that never-ending tour kind of spot where it was like from here until like flight, you know, from 87 where it's like glory until flight in 2012, he makes like three bad movies. If that. Yeah. But he wasn't a season tickets guy. I don't think until probably like the Malcolm X range. That's so like early nineties. Yeah. That's 92. Right. Yeah. So basically from 92 to 2012, it's like Denzel's in a movie of, I'm I'm at least going to assume I'm going right. unless the reviews are terrible. And in the second half of that, and then I would go. He anyway. starts making movies with Tony Scott. Yeah. And if Denzel Washington is in a Tony Scott movie, you have my attention. They make three. Yeah. It catches. I didn't realize until the research. It catches I think they make four. Crimson Tide, Deja Vu. Oh yeah, Crimson Tide. I forgot. I mean the three yeah. in the two thousands. Um, I didn't realize until I did the research that Denzel was going through a little bit of an actor identity crisis. Because he, he had lost and, his love for the uh, for the art form, he wins for uh, for Training Day. He wins the Oscar in two thousand one, and then it's kind of there was a little bit of a what's next, and Tony Scott catches him at the right time. We can tell the story later, but I do feel like Craig, you're not going to believe this. This might be my favorite Denzel movie. Wow! Yeah, I think it is. I was thinking about it. And I and there's so many, and he's so important. And I, I don't know if anyone other than Cruz has been on more rewatchables at this point. We haven't even done He Got Game yet. But I think this is my favorite start to finish Denzel. It brings all the different pieces of Denzel, right? We get like get a little He Got Game swagger Denzel when he has to let go. Yes. Kind of undercover to get stuff. We get like flight Denzel, like I have a I'm an alcoholic yeah. and I'm just gonna be up front. We get revenge Denzel. We get like connecting with other actors, Denzel. Like, what Denzel are we not getting in this movie? They we put get him all in them. positions where, like, it's obvious that he's pretty impressed with Fanning, and he's obvious that he has a lot of reverence for Christopher Walken. And yes. so, like, the scenes where he's with Walken, which were largely improvised, are mind blowing in this movie. But the stuff that he does with Fanning feels very real. 
It's so good. I think he does some of his best work, which is why it's so weird to reread the reviews. Oh, yeah. And the reviews are like... This was largely dismissed. Yeah, this movie had a lot of promise, and then the last hour, it turns into like a generic revenge fest. It's like, generic? It turns into one of the greatest revenge fests like I've ever seen in a movie. Right. I've never seen anybody like... This guy descends into hell, you know, more or less, to like rescue this girl. Right. It's very Clint Eastwood-y. Like we did when we did Unforgiven these guys who are getting revenge, but they don't even feel that good about it. It's just something they fundamentally have to do. Yeah, and also the awareness that this is the only thing I'm good at. Yeah. And he says that to Walken at the beginning, right? He has that, either the first or second scene. I led in the beginning of the pod. You think God will forgive us for what what we've done? And Walken kind of looks at him and he's like, no. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so these guys have seen some shit. Yeah. It's interesting too, because this is a movie that was kicking around since I think the early 80s, right? So like the book, and then they make it. Yeah, they make it with Scott Glenn, and it's set in Italy, where there was a lot of kidnappings at the time. In some ways, it kind of has that real, like, kind of diabolical, revenge-minded movie, like, like Commando. You know what I mean? Like, you've they did something to his family, or they did something to something precious to him, and now he's going to unleash hell on these guys. And that you put it in this post nine eleven kind of environment. You know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like these counter-terrorism, ex-CIA guys roving around the world with nothing to do. And it's it's an interesting like collision of these two things. And then you got to add into, like, aside from Washington giving, as you said, one of his best performances, it's just fucking pure hallucination, Tony. Like, yeah. you, you do great shot Gordo. It's great frame Tony for the, through that, this entire movie. And he's just like, it's like watching Jason Williams play point guard, where every... Every shot is a trick. Every pass yeah. was like a behind-the-back no-look pass. Every shot in this movie is like the frames exposed and the the it's cutting the and dissolving and the colors and yeah. I think he goes for it the most of any Tony Scott movie in this movie. Yeah, like he's just he's like this is a revenge movie. I've got Denzel. I got a good story. I'm in a really cool location. I'm just fucking going for it. Yeah, and um, I'm with you. He the most tricks. It's probably the least conventional conventional movie he made because yes. it's really an action movie, but it feels way more artsy than that. Um, I think the the last fifteen minutes of this movie are among my favorite of this century. Do you mean from when he finds out that she's still alive? On when he goes to the bridge, yeah. I think I'm always going to watch that if that's on. I just, I'm not, I'm like, yeah, I'm all, at this time, I won't watch. I'm always in. Now we're in the streaming era where it's harder to flip around, but I just, I love everything in that. And then you think like, it's kind of morbid, but you know, Tony Scott died jumping off a bridge and you think like this, oh yeah, this the imagery man of fire bridge fart. And you think like how many times he shows the bridge from these different things and then it's walking and, and then you're like, man, I don't know. It, it, it takes you to these weird places. And yeah. it's so emotional too. Yeah. It's, it's like the way in which, Scott kind of can have such a chaotic filmmaking style and then still have something that's so emotionally resonant at the center of it, right? Yeah. Because a lot of, like, when he makes Domino, it's, like, all over the place and it's hard to, like, grasp onto, like, a narrative. But this is, like, the simplest story you can tell. This is a movie story they've been telling since they almost, since they started making movies. I think the thing that makes him so special, I mean, so many things made him so special as a filmmaker, but... This is a movie where Denzel blows somebody up by putting a bomb in their ass. Mm-hmm. He shoots somebody's entire hand off yeah. just for sport. Cuts Does, some guy's fingers off. Cuts fingers off one at a time. 
But then at the, in the same movie, you can have a moment like he has with Dakota Fanning at the end when, when she says goodbye. And she's like, I know you love me. And it's like, how is this in the same movie yeah. with the guy getting his hand shot off? And that's the difference between this and like John Wick and, you know, even Unforgiven, things like that. It's really hard to have moments like that in movies like this. Oh, yeah. I mean, in Unforgiven, they kind of rob him with the exception of the uh, the prostitute who gets her that's face cut That's the one up. scene, right? When she clicks But even him. when she's talking to him, yeah. he's like, I'm an evil person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just so you know. And then like Denzel, like what I think, what, what does Walken say? Like she showed him that it was okay to live. Yeah. Right? It's like this idea that he has a reason to keep going on. As far as the Tony Scott style stuff, there was a great article in, on the BFI, the British Film Institute website, where the writer described this as like, from Man on Fire onwards, he utilized cross-processing to heighten color, which is essentially why mm. everything looks kind of surreal, and photochemically manipulated his film stock, and this experimentation produced what he called mistakes that inspire the magic that comes from accidents. And that's the coolest thing about these Tony Scott movies, is they feel almost like documentaries are like chaos. Like the it, Denzel called him nine camera Tony because he would shoot a sequence with like nine yeah. cameras going the whole time. And yet somehow he comes out with this like singular vision at the end of it. I understand most things with movies. Like I understand if something's like a slow bake, it comes out, it didn't wasn't as big as it became eventually or critically people thought. I've never understood the man on fire thing. I've always thought, like, I've just been, from the get-go, my dad was, like, the first person who really loved it that I would talk to about it. And I was like, this is, like, one of the best movies of the century, at least for me. And I, I never understood why it didn't hit. Like, like I felt it should have hit. It's too sentimental in the first half and too too depraved in the second half. So that, the, like, you and I will love it. Yeah. But for a lot of people, they may be like, man, the first 45 minutes, he's just talking to this kid. I want to see Denzel kick some ass. Or it's people being like, I really loved his relationship with Dakota Fanning. And then he starts putting things up people's asses and right. blowing so them up. It's like almost too weird for yeah. them. But then the filmmaking piece of it, I I don't know, man. He does so he does training day, John Q, at a time, man on fire, Manchurian candidate all in a row, and then kind of moves into the second phase of Denzel. That probably starts with he got game. Mm-hmm. In ninety eight, when he's just making a lot of movies and he is now an A plus lister. That if he's in, a yeah, movie, it's like he got game the siege of the hurricane. Yeah, the it's Titans. like oh, Denzel's like, in this. I'm going, and yeah. then Training Day cements it and gets the Oscar for that. Yeah, and he's one of the three or four. He's becoming Nicholson basically for that generation. It seems like he basically is doing. I mean, I'm sure he would probably say, "Well, I thought all of these had chances," but like, it, especially in this l sort of second third of his career, yeah, he'll do Training Day gets the Oscar, Man on Fire. And Inside Man, arguably, are like really fun Hollywood movies. I mean, I don't know if you would call Man on Fire fun, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And then American Gangster, he goes for the Oscar again, pretty which, much. Which never totally hit. Yeah, but I actually really love American I Gangster. I hope we do that one, one day. And then Taking a Pelham 123, Unstoppable, and Flight is kind of like this last bit. Um, and Flight was in 2012, and that was, I think, the last time he was nominated for an Oscar, if I remember correctly. He ages... Except Macbeth, maybe. He Got Game was the last time he looks like young Denzel. Mm -hmm. And he's even like a little younger. And then by the time we get to Man on Fire, he's now moving into like middle age. Yeah, Denzel. he's starting to play with this idea that he's like decaying, that he's, yeah. he's getting older. Um, Mexico City as a location, <sighs> which Tony Scott, I think, saw as like this fucking crazy playground for himself. Yeah. Catches Mexico City in a really 
right time to film an action movie. I went there five <laughs> years later for for soccer. I wrote about it. Like they wouldn't let us leave the hotel. Basically. You went to Azteca. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't let us. It was like you can go that way, but it, you're not allowed to go that way. It was like one of those. And this is pretty shortly later. But um, I think reading the in the research about how this is supposed to be set in Italy, it's hard to fathom that. Yeah, I mean, so they had like this real rash of of kidnappings in Italy in like the eighties and nineties, especially. Yeah. You know, and so I think by the time they had gotten the funding or wanted to do this movie, it was kind of like, well, it wasn't as big of a deal in Italy, and like they, you have to have like the mafia. So they transpose it into Mexico, and they bring La Hermandad in and stuff like that. It was smart. So that it was a novel by A.J. Quinnell. They made a Man on Fire with with Scott Glenn, as we said, in in Italy. And then there's this whole story about the guy who wrote this movie, Brian, Brian Helgeland, yeah. who um, he did Mystic River and he's, you know. LA Confidential. Yeah. yeah, he's a half-decent screenwriter. Um, I'm kidding. Nightmare on Elm Street 4. So he was renting videos in the late 80s and walked into a store and asked the guy what was good and the guy recommended Man on Fire and it was Tarantino, yeah. it was the clerk. It's one of those stories that's like, is that, that can't be real, but <laughs> apparently it's a real story. Um, Sometimes with those stories, I'm like, was there a time when there was just like 25 people living in Los Angeles? It you does I mean? feel like everybody knew each other a lot better. Because I, I, when you go back and you read like Joan Didion books from like the 70s and she's just like, I woke up and left my Hollywood Hills home and was in Santa Monica in 18 minutes. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I went from Laurel Canyon to Malibu <laughs> in nine minutes. Um, Dakota Fanning was a big part of this movie when it came out. And she, we already knew about her and she was kind of a little bit of a prodigy, mm-hmm. right? I think now you could argue this is one of the great, or at least for me, this is one of the great kid well, performances. Just base it on like, what if the kid is bad? That's think the about thing. How unwatchable. What if the kid's a movie- C plus yeah. or a B minus? What if this kid's replacement level? Yeah. What if the kid's decent? Is this a different movie? She's so good in this movie that I think it's one of the reasons it's an iconic movie, at least for me. And also, like being a precocious kid is hard. Yeah. Like if you're gonna do, I'm like incredibly sensitive and verbose. It can be annoying really easily in a movie. Yeah. But she's like missing a couple teeth in yeah. real life. It's just, she just seems like a nine-year-old. And I don't know, I made my list of my favorite little kid performances. Let's hear it. I think little kid, I'm not counting like Stand By Me. It's like, it's got to be like 10 and under for like a Is true little son kid. number one? So just. I mean, good son's on the list. <laughs> Culkin. <laughs> you want to mess with him. Uh, we did Justin Henry and Kramer versus Kramer. Mm-hmm. Thought he was awesome. Henry Thomas and E.T. We did that one. Dakota in this movie. The little girl in Little Miss Sunshine, Abigail Breslin, is just lights out. Yeah. That movie's so funny. We, we'll do that one at some point. What's your cutoff age? Like 13, 14? No, I'm, uh, this is 10 and under. Okay. This is like really little kids. Little kid, little kid. Because okay. I think for, to ask a little kid to actually act, I don't even understand how they find any little kid actors. Right. Because little kids, like, they're, you know, they're dumbasses. They have too much energy. Like, I can't imagine how they even, like, remember lines. And so for him to go, her to go toe-to-toe with Denzel is, like, inconceivable to me. Um, The other one I really like, nobody's seen, and I don't even think it's streaming, is uh, Drew Barrymore and Irreconcilable Differences, which is a great movie (laughs) about a kid who files for divorce from her parents. Emancipates herself, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, and she's great in it, and it's nowhere to be seen. But then, like, you know, then you get into the teenagers, like the Bad News Bears. But I just think, like, and I don't know how old Natalie Portman was in The Professional, but I think she was older than She's 10. like 11, like I 11 think. 11 or 12. So she misses the cutoff. And I just think, like, this performance specifically, 
for her. I don't think Denzel was like totally into this movie until he started doing the scenes with her. I really think he was in like a weird spot and it's like, all right, Tony Scott, I'll do it. I'll kill some people. And then he starts acting with her and he's like, this girl's amazing. And I think it like rejuvenated But that's what's so cool about this performance is there's an actual trajectory without it ever being like saccharine. Like he shows up, he's bearded, he's kind of a jerk. Openly is like, I'm an alcoholic. Just FYI, like I need a job, but I am a drink. I drink all the time. Then he shaves but he's like, I'm not this girl's social. Like, I'm not the new dog. Like, you're, you maybe I'm not sociable enough for this job. Then the swimming starts, and he gets like into the to the whole gig. And then the next thing you know, she's taken, and he's shot, and then he's recovering, and he becomes the Avenging Angel. Yeah. This is what he told BlackFilm.com. I read the script, and I was like, okay. <laughs> then I sat down with Tony, and I was sure I wanted to work with him again. And he told me about this twenty odd year journey he's had with the material. This was the film he wanted to do after The Hunger, a film I really liked. And then he was like, all right, Tony's fired up about this. I guess I'll do it. Yeah. And then it turns into this. Dakota Fanning, as an adult, said this on the movie she's asked the most about. I get a lot of man on fire. A lot of man on fire. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people are fans of that. I don't know if I've ever met someone who's not a fan of Denzel Washington movies. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out, we find out last month, they're making Equalizer 3, and she's in Equalizer 3 <laughs> as a grown-up. Did you know this? I did not know yeah. this. They had a reunion. She's he, he, Denzel's making it with Anton Fuqua, and there's some part for an adult woman. And I guess Fuqua was talking about how much he loved Man on Fire. Yeah. And he was like, you think we could get Dakota Fanning? And, was like, and all of a sudden, they're back. That's amazing. Yeah, it's Equalizer 3. I hope that she's We're not- fucking going, Chris oh, Ryan. Oh, yeah. Opening That's a, that going opening to the theater, that rewatchables. That oh my god! Um, Sixty-five million dollar budget made one hundred and thirty. This is Denzel's any movie he's yeah, making. Yeah, there's is like a period million. of time where if you look at the Denzel movies, they they'll be they'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot about Deja Vu. One hundred and fifty million. You know, he he's just a movie star. He does that. Also, he who is he competing against? Right, it's Cruz. Will yeah. Smith at that point wants no part of movies like this. Cruz isn't making movies like this. Fast and Furious isn't the kind of franchise it wouldn't become until probably 04, 05 range. Yeah. So he's just getting everything. Keanu, he's like spitting those guys out. It's interesting. They make John Wick. And John Wick is, I mean, one of the reasons I love John Wick is it's slightly a parody of movies like this. Mm -hmm. He's mad because they killed his His dog. dog, Yeah. Here, there's some real stakes. Uh, Our guy, Raj. Here's the thing is he doesn't, in the stars, number of stars he gives, it's like two and a half, right? Even that made me mad, though. I felt like Come he on, liked Raj. it more than he was saying. I though. think he was getting snobby. Like, he's like, I don't want to take shit for this. I think deep down, it was like a three and a half for Raj. And he was like, ah, I don't want to lose my critic juice. Because, <laughs> what I mean, we know Raj loves story. Uh-huh. We know he loves great performance. He loves the setting. He loves the setting, and he loves, like, great action scenes. He loves Mark so Anthony. This wasn't a three and a half for Raj. Two and a half. He said, superb craftsmanship, a powerful Denzel Washington performance, in an attempt to elevate genre material above its natural level, but it fails. The strong opening levels out into a long series of action scenes. Sounds okay. good to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's the criticism again? And the double reverse ending works more like a gimmick than a resolution. It does? It's one of like my favorite endings of the last 20 years, Raj. So anyway, I was disappointed, Raj. I can't wait to talk to you about the alternate ending. Oh my God. Let's take a, we'll take a break and then we'll do rewatchable scenes. 
This episode is supported by State Farm. Think about your first reaction after you have an accident. What do you do? You scream, oh no, or man, why did this happen? On the flip side, let's say you buy a new car or you lease a new car. Get in there and it smells great and you're like, man, this is awesome. But just remember, really the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so I don't know how you do rewatchable scenes with this movie. The whole movie's rewatchable for me. I have it, I have it pretty, pretty down here. I cut it like to five, but I have like, I wanted to mention 12. The first two Denzel walking scenes, there's one in between, but I just lump them together. The fact how that many we, hours could you have watched of those two just it, acting? If they made I wish they would make Yellowstone with these two guys and we were on seasons five. Can you they know? do that? Why not? Can that be like 1963? <laughs> it's walking it's, it's 40 years after 23, it's 63, yeah. When Walken actually says in this movie, we we can live like kings down here. I'm yeah. just like, I can't believe we're still this is so awesome. Live like a king down here. Yes, you do. You been working? Yeah. No. No. Been moving around, you know, Columbia, a couple of places I can't name. Nothing catches my fancy. Mm. Anytime guys go down to Mexico to live like kings, you know you're in for a good movie. That's a great point. I'm trying to think if there's any time I've ever heard that in a movie where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is disappointing. Gonna... Yeah. But Walken's great in this movie. Yeah. He's just bringing the Christopher Walken. He's not too weird. He's, he does he's lick his picks. fingers and eat constantly. Yeah. But yes, he's amazing. He's not, he's chewing up scenery, but not too much. He's and he not... gets the line of the movie. Yeah. Even at half speed, you're pretty damn good. <laughs> Gives him that one. I just love watching those guys. The uh, next one I had was the first Denzel Dakota fight when she goes in the back seat. Yeah. It really wasn't a question. It sounded like a question to me. Look, I got a job. Hey. No, gracias. Gracias. No. No. Listen, I'm being paid to protect you, okay? No, no, no. I'm being paid to be your bodyguard. Look at me. I'm not being paid to be your friend. I'm being paid to protect you. So no more questions. That's it. Period. You hear me? Yes. Good stuff. You don't know where she's going. You don't know if she's going to run away. She's just like, fuck this guy and goes to the back. She's like, all right. This girl's got a little spunk to her. I like this. I'm just lumping all this together. The Creasy, you're smiling. You're smiling. What? You were smiling. No. You were? No, I was not. You're not now, but you were. No, you were smiling. I wasn't smiling. You were. When? Like five seconds ago. I'm not smiling. Well, a second ago you were. You, no, you said five seconds ago. Now that's six. Six seconds ago I wasn't smiling. <laughs> okay, six ten sec- seconds ago. Ten seconds ago I was smiling. Okay, in the next ten seconds, let's see who smiles first. When she makes him smile for the first time. Yeah. Into the swimming training. Into, you have a girlfriend, Creasy. Into the swimming meet. And the reason I think you got to put all them together is like Denzel, and I think he's doing this as the actor, but he's kind of brings the character back to life during this oh, stretch yeah. for 10 minutes where you he can talks see the differently. light. Yeah, the yeah. light comes back in his eyes. He he's no longer uh, chambering rounds from his semi-automatic and catching them while drinking Jack Daniels alone. 
<laughs> sadly puts the Jack Daniels bottle on the side. It's weird because on the one hand, top, top five most disturbing behaviors that you could catch a person in the middle of. Oh yeah! Like if you walked into this studio right now and I was just like with a bottle of Jack, Jack. you're like, "Hey, what's happening? It's my third part of the day." Shut <laughs> not to laugh. I'm gonna start coughing. Um, you know, Denzel's interesting to me because on the one hand, I do feel like he's playing. Denzel or a version of Denzel in every movie, right? Sure. He's not like... That's what movie stars do. Yeah. It's like, Wesley put it very well. It's with variations on a theme. On the other hand, I actually... It, this is weird to say, but I actually don't think he gets enough credit for what a brilliant actor he is. Because like what he does in that 10 minutes is like top of the line, ridiculous acting. Like I don't know how many actors could have... That's the thing Put is that, that together. I think he's obviously known for performances like Training Day and Malcolm X that he gets award nominations for. But I would say that Denzel's floor is higher than almost anybody else. And that's why like, I love mm, watching him in like, it. The Siege. It's like Giannis. Anybody could be in The Siege. Anybody yeah. could be that part. There's some specific parts about it that are like very key to having a, a black male playing that part. But Denzel Washington in The Siege is so much fucking better then anybody should have to be in the siege. Yeah. And you're just watching. I've seen that movie like 10 times because I'm just like, oh, I just want to watch Denzel yell at Annette Benning. Right. This is like, this is great. Yeah, he'll have like those. I, I mean, the he got game scene when he did the one-on-one and when he talks to Jesus yeah. after, like he'll have moments where you're just like, Jesus Christ. I don't feel like he doesn't get quite enough credit because he's so famous. Like his fame almost eclipsed the acting. Yeah. In some ways. And then Training Day became the Oscar, but I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like he has moments in different movies that are as good as like anything he did in Training Day. Anyway, that's my stupid Denzel rant. Um, the kidnapping scene, which we're also giving the Great Shot Order Award for most cinematic. <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking send that to the film school the, people. Like, Put the USC kids in their little rows and just show them the fucking scene. Like when Fanning the gunshot goes off. Dakota realizes what's dog? happening no, it and then with it the reverses dog. back the frame right. again. Yeah. But it starts with the dog. It's like, all right, this guy's getting out with the dog. He's going to throw the ball. This is bad. Yeah. And you see the one cop car pull up. It's just everything is so structured perfectly. How does this two and a half stars, Ebert? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> then she opens the door. It's like, no, no, no. Go back in. Yeah. Go back in. And he's shooting the gun to kind of scare everybody, like to yeah. create a chaos. Yeah. Oh, man. And then he takes four point blankers. Yes. Probably Which he never end. actually gets surgery from. And it's like one of the things I want to chat about. Went, I went right through. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Flesh wound. <laughs> that scene's amazing. Um, then we get the, what are you going to do? What I do best? Kill them all. What are you going to do? What I do best, I'm gonna kill him. Anyone I was involved, anybody who profited from it, anybody who opens their eyes at me. You kill them all. Cool. We just have him going off, torturing the driver. Yep, there's fingers. No say, no say! <laughs> Okay, my friend, it's off to the next life for you. There's there's three torture scenes. There's Fingers, the Rave, and Fuentes. The yeah. The who's the boss? Yeah, who's the boss? The voice. And then we get uh, in the middle of that, we get Walken's monologue. A man can be an artist and anything, food, whatever. 
It depends on how good he is at it. Creasy's art is death. He's about to paint his masterpiece. Yeah. Anybody. A man could be an artist at anything. Food, whatever. He's licking his fingers. Depends on how good he is at it. Creasy's art is death. <laughs> He's about to paint his masterpiece. That's really good, Phil. Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, the next one I have is just Denzel kills everyone and steals a car. Denzel blows up somebody's asshole. And Den Denzel confronts Samuel and Lisa. And then Denzel shoots a guy's hand off. Yep. I don't know. You can't, you're not picking any of those, but I enjoyed all of them. I mean, no, there's. What you call the bear, Chris Ryan? <laughs> Hold on, I'll check. <laughs> Creasy bear. And then we get the, the bridge in the reunion. I, for me, it's the last like 14 minutes. Just give me when they're at the bridge and he has to get Dakota Fanning. That's my favorite part. I think I'm going to go with the Fuentes scene starting with uh, Denzel Washington walking into that old couple's house with a rocket launcher mm. and being like, forgiveness is between them and God. It's my job to arrange the meeting. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And non that couple, pretty nonplussed by a guy showing up with a shoulder-armed shoulder, shoulder -armed rocket launcher. All the women in this movie who have Denzel just stumble, <laughs> like are very calm. Yeah. But they kind of know what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. Great job by the rocket launcher. What'd you have for most rewatchable, Craig? Not even close, Denzel and Dakota Fanning swim practice. <laughs> <laughs> I could have watched that for three hours. I could think I could have, too. We have a lot of things to say yeah, about that. I, have that, I know. wish you had more time. Gunshot <laughs> knows no fear. Yeah. <laughs> what's age the best? Look, if you're going to start a movie with a graphic that says... There's one kidnapping every 60 minutes in Latin America. 70% of the victims don't survive. Yeah. That's your opener. I don't even care who's in the movie or what's happening. I'm going to watch the entire movie. I want to know whether the guy who wrote that title card also wrote the title the, card. The, Den of Thieves? In, no. In Mexico, Sicario means hitman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the Den of Thieves one? Every 20 minutes, yeah, a, a bank is robbed in LA yeah. or something? It's like, is is it? <laughs> yeah, is it every 20 minutes? What's age the best? Fucked up Mexico City is an action movie location. The only thing I can compare it to is Brazil and Fast Five. Or Brazil. It's Brazil and City of God, too. Yeah. 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 Brazil, Fast Five used Brazil as a character in a really great way. They have that chasing through the favelas and all that stuff. It's just great. Uh, we got Trent Reznor doing the score in this. He's featured. Harry Gregson Williams does a lot of like the down, down, yeah. down stuff. Yeah. I kind of like having Mark Anthony in the movie. I'm, don't even. Do you want to have this conversation? I think he's awesome. In Let's this do movie. it. Yeah, he's, he's excellent. I and I totally forgot Why about he this. Act more. I don't know, but that scene where he's in the back seat and he's just like, "You look at your resume, like how, like you, you should be so much more expensive." And he's like, "I drink." And the way he doesn't, he just like looks out the window briefly, and is like, "How does that affect you?" But he's like going toe to toe with Denzel yeah. in that scene in like a very cool way. He's very believable. You can kind of see him getting pushed around by Mickey Rourke. You can kind of see him getting pushed around a little bit by Rodham Mitchell. But he's kind of got like, at the end when you find out it's him, when you find out it's like he's orchestrated the kidnapping, you're kind of like, oh, fuck, I like this guy. Yeah, you motherfucker. Yeah. He's good. I thought Rodham Mitchell was really good too. Leading, uh, well, just unanswerable now. Why wasn't she a bigger star? She what was she missing? She was Australian? Yeah. 
I just, think this she, was like her just big got a movie. lot of wife parts. You know, a lot of wife parts in movies I like, but she she got kind of got just t- cast into that. Kind of like what happened to Ashley Judd. Well, I was going to say almost like more like played... Kathleen Quinlan. Like she just winds up being being the guy's wife in a lot of the situations. She could have definitely been Chris Shalaris's uh, wife with Hank Azaria, right? <laughs> yeah. Eight years later, she's holding sure. the baby in the balcony. <laughs> sure. Do you guys know where uh, I can buy some bread? <laughs> what did we decide to say bread? It was, it, we've been told it was like, do you guys know any place to any place to rent? Like I'm looking for a place to rent, I think. I was just watching Heat. You're not going to believe this, but like two weeks ago, and I just can't get over that they let him go. I just uh, don't understand I'm how so they I'm so glad they go. did, because when you check out Heat 2 and you find out what happens to Chris, you're going to be excited. What's age the best? Dakota Fanning swimming. Yeah. She trained herself. Young Ledecky. Tony Scott, and I'm going to add this to the what's age the best. Tony Scott treats these swim scenes like fucking Friedkin did blue chips yeah. with the bat. Like he's like, if we're doing swimming, I'm making this like fuck ordinary people, fuck all these different when they have swimming things and it's close up so that like we're we're having a fucking swim. It's also meet. nine year nine year olds, nine year old girls swimming. You'd think it was like Mexico versus Argentina in the World Cup semifinal. There's fucking nuns there. There's just like all these people come out to this meet. <laughs> Amazing. And stuff. the best part about it is he just like Tony Scott went to a swim meet for his nieces and was like, I gotta do a swim meet. I gotta throw a swim meet somewhere in Man on Fire. I loved it. Yeah. I'm with Craig. They could have you could have added 10 more minutes. Could we have seen her gone to the Mexico Nationals before <laughs> Creasy died? More what's age the best. Anytime there's a the voice in a kidnapping movie. Yeah. When we read our kidnapping movie, we're having the voice. What where is our what city are we gonna do? Wonder to Columbia? Have people done Columbia yet? Maybe we should do do it in Dallas so that we can get a little Kennedy action. Kennedy oh, good Museum idea. action. Yeah. 60th anniversary. Meet me at the book depository. I also love La Hermandad just as a name of like an evil empire that's like Policeman. But La Hermandad means brotherhood in Spanish, right? Yeah, it's just like sounded it's kind of like, like repetitive. Where they're like, "There's a brotherhood here called La Hermandad." Mm. <laughs> it's kind of any other. What's age the best for you? Couple. Yeah. Um, anytime anybody in an action movie writes something down on a piece of paper and gives it to their friend, and that person says, "You're talking about a war." You know, shit's about to go down. That's a great one. Great point. I hate this because, like, obviously, gun control is a major issue in this country right now. But watching Denzel Washington shop for weapons is pretty exciting to me. I think that's aged really well. Always a good scene. I mean, Wick stole that too. Wick, Wick cribbed some yeah. stuff from this movie. Uh, whenever you give a guy a gun with one bullet and tell him to do the right thing, <laughs> like he does to Sammy. He just like puts the bullet in his hand and he's just like, you know what to do here, my man. Yeah. It's kind of like kind of like true detective where he's just like, you should kill yourself before you when you get to prison. It's just, it's really good. Um I'm with you. And I like the way the camera acts as like basically will represent Creasy's senses. So like when he revisits the crime scene, we not only get his memories of his crime of the crime, but his awareness of Mariana's driver is there. And like so he's like very defensive when he goes back to the crime scene. So I just I just love that. I'm gonna piggyback on that. I always love when they go back to the spot where something happened. Yeah, he's like, just and they we get the flashback shots, sticking and, his finger up in the air because we said that going. blowout too, yeah. right? Where it's like, oh, the owl, I like going backwards. I also really like Mark Anthony's uh, golf simulator that he has in his house. 
Yeah, what was coming on with that? The balls only went like two feet. Where the balls go? Yeah, they just hit, he hits it into the screen and it projects where it would have gone on the on the fairway. Got to get one cool. of those. I don't know who won the Kid Cudi Pursuit of Happiness Award for Best Needle Drop. The rave scene is pretty great, and it sounds yeah. like it almost sounds like Firestarter by Prodigy, but I don't think it is. Okay. Big Kahuna Burger Award for Best Use of Food and Drink. Obviously, the Jack Daniels bottle, which <laughs> was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in 2005. I was going to say, my favorite is the the lunch scene after like swim practice or the swim meet when Denzel takes PETA to go out with Christopher Walken and his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. There's like a double date. Yeah, you're right. That's but it's hilarious. just like, who are we having lunch with? Oh, my CIA buddy. We yeah. did a lot of redacted killings throughout yeah. the world. We decapitated 12 people in <laughs> yeah. 1984. The uh, Den of Thieves Benny Hanna were at best scene stealing location. Samuel and Lisa's house was great. Pretty good. I wonder why they couldn't, how come they didn't consider maybe like scaling down a little bit in their house before orchestrating the kidnapping of their daughter? You mean like, yeah, maybe just get, get rid of a couple of expenses house? before maybe maybe mm. get a condo or something and and see if you can keep the business afloat. My favorite, the bridge uh, I would have as well in the running. Oh, I have uh, the newspapers open air offices. Oh, really cool. Yeah, reform was open air offices. Butch's girlfriend, weak link in the film. So you're not you're not going to do great shot, Gordo. You're just skipping it. We did it already. Wait, you have more? You want to do more? I just want to say that when Fuentes is stuck in the burning car, when he puts the grenade under it, there's a shot where it's like the reflections of the flames make it look like Fuentes is on fire, which is like, of course, because he's going to go to hell in a minute. So, mm. pretty good. You like that Gordo? You think Gordo would have proved? Yeah. I don't have a Butch's Girlfriend Award for a weak link of the film because I love every part of this film. What about... Uh, you could tell, tell me Giancarlo it's a little slow Giannini? after he gets shot. Oh, John... Yeah, yeah, you're right. I just he, don't know what he does in the movie because the newspaper Rachel Ticotten does everything in terms of investigating. Yeah, why and does he's he just why does like, he get the Mark Wahlberg into the departed murder right thing? Why did he earn that? I guess if I'm gonna do weak link, I don't like how this ends with the date Creasy dies, <laughs> but then the date the other guy dies after, and then say, it ends. I would say that the the title card of John Creasy, nineteen sixty four. To 2004 or whatever it is is the worst part of the movie. I don't know I'm why like, they did that. Yeah, this isn't John Adams, you know. But then, like, but then they have the next guy too, and then it ends. Yeah, and it's like we did, definitely didn't need either of that. This movie got chopped up a little bit. You think? Yeah, because you can see in the deleted scenes, there's some stuff that kind of explains it a little bit better. What stage the worst? I I mean this in the nicest way possible, but there was a moment there when we thought Dakota Fanning was going to be the biggest actress in the world. Mm -hmm. It did not happen. I think it's hard for a kid who pops at like that young of an age to sustain it throughout. We their... thought it with Portman too, and at least she won an Oscar. But, but who knows? Dakota Fanning's only twenty eight, so yeah, she's got the swimming. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a competitive swimming movie. Um, other what it says the worst. I don't. I, I mean, I guess some of the violence in this maybe hasn't aged great, but it wasn't great in two thousand four either. But I don't really have anything else. To my ear, Rada Mitchell develops a Southern accent midway through this movie. <laughs> Yes. Especially when she gets upset. She's like, don't you do that? And I'm just like, when did this happen? Like, you were oh, not. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. How did I not notice that? I love accents. I also think Denzel's Spanish kind of goes in and out. Yeah. He's not great. 
He kind of like mumbles all his words together. He kind of slurs them all together a lot of the time. Like no one's understanding him. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they also he goes back and forth between Spanish and English a lot. He said he would got three months of training to kind of. Wouldn't you say that? I love when they do that. (laughs) What is three months of training? Hey, let me hear you roll the R's. Uh, what's he's the worst? John Creasy rave attendee. You know. For, just doesn't seem really comfortable at the rave with the bandana on his head. That's another thing Wick ripped off. Yeah, the rave. Yeah, yeah. I was. I, I love John Wick. I don't mean mean to sound like I'm ripping on John Wick, but it did crib a bunch of things from this movie. Sure. Especially uh, like the the indestructible guy you don't want to fuck with. Yeah. Yeah. Ron Burgundy flew to word for best time of uh, for a pee break. Look, I'm just saying on the 6th, 7th, 12th viewing of this movie, you you can make a baked potato for the first 45 minutes and then come back. Just don't miss the walk-in scenes. Yeah. You basically listen to the walk-in scenes and then you come back in when he gets the license plate for Jorge. Yeah. <laughs> I could say when he's in the hospital after he's been shot, it might be a good time. Yeah. There's about five minutes there. It's totally fine if you want to they make do a the Vito Corleone. We French move him out pizza. of the hospital thing. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Was there a better title for this movie? There might not be a better title for any movie. It might be the best title for <laughs> any movie. Fire. If a Man movie on fire. called Man on Fire came out every year, I would probably see it. I'd it's, be like, I have to see what he's on fire about. In the running for best action titles yeah. ever. Unforgiven's pretty good, too. Commando is pretty good. Yeah. There's been some good ones. Predator's pretty good. good. Yeah. Best quote, you said forgiveness is between them and God. It's my job to arrange a meeting. The best cheesy quote was revenge. Is a be- is a meal best served cold. Can't believe he broke that chestnut out. Yeah, I don't know where that was. Like a fucking fortune cookie. This is easy. This is a man could be an artist in anything, food, whatever. It depends on how good he is at Creasy's artist death. He's about to paint his masterpiece. That's like best monologue though. That's like two sentences. Yeah. Essay is hottest. Okay, take. my friend, off to the next life for you. <laughs> I guarantee you won't be lonely. Hottest take. I already said that. I think this is my favorite Denzel movie. I think that's a hot take, right? That is a hot take. Yeah, yeah, I felt hot. Not as hot as maybe the guy burning in the car, but hot. What do you got, anything? Sammy's financial woes seem largely rooted in his father's gambling, and I just want to give you a chance to A apo- prequel? Yeah. Well, I want to give you a chance to apologize, because are we sure Sammy's dad wasn't following million-dollar picks? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, won $1.5 this week. <laughs> Sammy's dad is just taking there's a bath a, on the Panthers. A, there's a, there's Schrager a, and Simmons told me to do it. There's this American <laughs> podcast host that I really like. He says Carol Hunt is going to turn it around. Yeah, I had one that That's I was working one. on where it's like, it, you know, are we sure say, like this kidnapping idea wasn't like a good business plan? You know what I mean? It was just going to like, she was going to go eat ice cream and watch cartoons, come back. The business would be back. But I, 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 I think- was going to do this in picking nits. Let's do it now. Any plan where it's like somebody's taking my kid for two days? Sure. Flawed. I'm just blind out. Yeah. Like the lawyer, especially the shady lawyer, but you're bringing that to me. And it's like, hey, I got this idea. Let's hear it. So your kid gets kidnapped in a bloody shootout, but you're going to get her back. She's going to be watching cartoons and this will be great. How do you green like that? How right. fucking stupid do you have to be? She's also, like, wait a second, Chrissy's my kid's gonna be pretty candid a about the fact he's like, I'll kill a bunch of guys. Yeah. If if this happens, like if I'm pressed, like it's gonna it's gonna be on. And they're just like, oh well, we'll just we'll, yeah. we'll still grab her. Or if you're gonna, I mean, this is another nitpick I had, but um, 
Creasy survives, you got to take him out in the hospital. Yeah, well, that's why Don't they have let to move that guy yeah. live. How would you feel about uh, you get approached to have Ben kidnapped to prop up your your business, and then the lawyer's like, and by the way, like my fee is two and a half million. Right. <laughs> is there any wiggle room on that? Twenty five percent cut on your child's <laughs> kidnapping. Casting what ifs. Let's take a break because this is a huge casting yeah. what if. Casting what ifs. Tony Scott revealed that he turned, that he offered the role of Creasy to our guy, David Caruso. No, uh, Russell Crowe. He said, quote, I called Crowe, uh, who's on the set of Master and Commander. And I said, some man on fire? He said, listen, pal, have you seen Proof of Life? I said, yes. He said, I've been there, done that. This is why, here's what I don't get is why is this not the sequel to Proof of Life? Why is this not Terry? Oh, wow. It doesn't work out with him and Alice. Oh, He's man. kicking around South and Central America. You know America. why it's not the sequel? Because it, nobody liked Proof of Life except us. Well, I mean, like, just listen to us, Hollywood. We have some good ideas here. Yeah. The you're Terry, right. Terry Thorne verse was Terry's right in there. Mexico City. Yeah. He's fucking, he's started drinking after Alice goes back to David Morse. Yeah. And this is where he winds up. His buddy walking is like, why don't you come hang out with me? Then maybe we get Caruso in here. Hmm. So Caruso's with walking. Yeah, Dino shows up. And Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't want to lose Denzel, but you really, I mean, that is a great alternate universe. That Proof you just of life to colon Mexico City. I can tell you that I would have been there <laughs> on Friday at noon, open night. Uh, so Crowe says no. Bummer. There's some stuff that De Niro might have been offered the Royal Creasy, which I find hard to believe. I think it's because it was a project that was around since the early 80s. So pretty much every major, it's like yeah. Tom Cruise, Robert De Niro, Bruce Willis. The most intriguing one to me was Will Smith. This would have been a good Will Smith part, but he wouldn't have been as good yeah. as Denzel. There's some Marlon Brando was supposed as, to as the be Rayburn. Character. Yeah. Not sure if I believe that. Walken was supposed to be the lawyer. He's the Mickey Rock part. Yeah. And he wanted to play the other guy. He was tired of playing bad guys. Thank God. And then uh, Fuqua and Michael Bay were both offered the chance to direct the movie. Did Michael Bay and Tony Scott, should that just be a ringer podcast where each episode we talk about a movie one of them could have directed that the other did? And just think about like what this director would have yeah, done with this Bay scene. versus Scott. And we just alternate. I got to be completely honest. If Antoine Fuqua and or Michael Bay wanted to remake this movie now, I would be pretty into it. Is Denzel in it? Well, no. I mean, not, I, guess, I guess not if it would be any kind of a sequel or extension of this first one. Wouldn't it be cool if they did it and they had Dakota Fanning going back to Mexico doing the job that Creasy used to do? Woman on fire? How tall? Did she, could she pull it off physically? I don't know. If Tom Cru Cruise can... <laughs> Craig, Craig, how tall is Dakota Fanning? She's got to be at least 5'9". Five 5'4". Five oh. uh, 5'4", too small. Okay. See, that's part of the, the I, I never, don't kill off characters when you don't have I know. to. That's why you put the date at the end where he died, and whatever. It's like, all right, now I can only get a sequel. You could have had him fall asleep in the car. The, there's a series of books about Creasy. Yeah. They, they made the choice to do it this way. Second movie could have been him, you know, he's goes away in the car, but now he's in a cellar and he fucking gets out of it. Yeah. Stupid. Or you could have just made a sequel where it's like he just becomes one of the most renowned swimming coaches in the Western United States. He takes over Matter Dies program. Yeah. Um, 
The Ruffalo Hand and Rubenek Partridge Overacting Award. They knew, and they let it happen. Don't you call me lady. I come in here, I give these things to you. Give me all you got. Listen. Give me all you got. I treated you like a son. You fucking stabbed me in the heart. Fuck you. Now, again, we both love Mark Anthony in this movie, but I did it! I did it for the tree of I us! I didn't inherit a kingdom! That's the truth! And we'd have her back in two days. He lied to me! That's why he's fucking dead. I did it! I did it, Nisa! I agreed to the kidnapping! I did it for us! For the three of us! That's tough. He does yeah. dial it up. Best that guy award. Giancarlo Girani. Yeah. The official Italian dubber of Al Pacino. I think that Rachel Ticotten qualifies as a that guy, right? T Total recall this. I mean, not for me. Yeah. She's Rachel Ticotten. She's great. She, so, I see stuff like that and it really makes you wonder how deep-seated the racism was with the casting in like the 80s, 90s, 2000s because I think she's fucking awesome. In this movie, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's in, awesome yeah, in Total, Total Recall. Recall yeah. And it's like, how did that person get five parts anyone's ever heard of? Why wasn't she like a major actress? Yeah. She's so good in this movie. Makes me mad. Deanne Waiters Award, she's one of the candidates. Mickey Rourke <laughs> and our winner, Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> It's just how many has he taken down? He might have the most Dion Waiters. Is, is also in this particular era is just out of his out of control in the Dion Waiters. He was like getting signed, you know. He was like a permanent heat check guy. He's right. like Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Just come in and put up your shots. Should we change this to the Jordan Clarkson award so it's more current? <laughs> well, he starts to get he gets starting. He starts for Utah, doesn't he? Yeah, good point. The Malik Monk Award? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Like the beam. Let's go. Craig, can we change this officially to the Malik Monk Award? Craig, do you have King's Fever? I don't. I like Dion Waiters, though. I think he captures what this is. I know, and it's like, Dion, he hasn't gone on to have a podcast or be on anything, so this is where he lives on. All right, yeah. fine. Every once in a while, you guys talk me out of changing it. <laughs> Recasting Couch. Just walk through this with me mm -hmm. for a split second. I'll give you two options. Jolie is as the mom. 2004, Mr. and Mrs. Smith Jolie. Okay. Javier Bardem as the Mark Anthony part. Okay. That's our couple with Denzel. <sighs> That's a really hot couple. Yeah. It's hard to imagine them having money problems, but okay. That's, is it a better movie? 2004, Jolie. 2004, Jolie. Smoking hot, living in Mexico City, about to ruin Jennifer Aniston's marriage. And Gosh. Bardem, who's like three years, three years away from, from no, country. no countries, but still young. I like it. I, like I kind of like I it. I lose too. Mark Anthony in this gamble, though, which is one you of my. You do. That's why it's a little alternate university. Um, we mentioned some of the stuff in half ass internet research already. Should we talk about the deleted scenes here? Yeah, let's do that at the end. Uh, let me let me get a couple quick ones. Mickey Rourke and Denzel did not get along during the filming. Love that. Does Mickey Rourke get along with anyone? No. It's like a fucking when you go over to somebody's house and it's they have a Rottweiler and like, hold on, don't look at the Rottweiler. <laughs> Rottweiler is have eat you eaten you. yet today? Because you <laughs> yeah, can smell it. Yeah. No. Let me hold on. Let me get the Rottweiler outside or he'll attack you. Do you think Rourke is like I should be playing Creasy? Yeah, I think he was probably. Or I think he's kind of like. 
You must be excited to be in a movie with Denzel. It's like, ah, fuck that guy. That Denzel should be excited to be yeah, in a movie Denzel with Yeah, Denzel should be the reverse. Dakota was missing her front teeth during the filming. They thought about fake teeth and then decided not to use them, which I, thank God. Yeah. I thought that missing teeth were really important. Plus, where the teeth were for little kids, like, when they're, you're like, little past six, you lose the two front ones, right? Yeah. Then the rest of them start going, but the kind of the weird ones start going around age. She has eight, like a little bit of a lisp. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Denzel spent 10 days with an advanced weapons training specialist to prepare for the role. No shit. Mexico City police told Tony Scott that his crew was targeted for kidnapping. <laughs> Several crew members were robbed at gunpoint. I love that the, the graphic at the end where it's like a special thanks to Mexico City, a special yeah. thanks for not killing us. The uh, kidnappers were modeled after the infamous Arezmendi gang, which made $300 million in ransom in six years. And then last but not least, the original ending. Yeah. So there's a couple of deleted scenes, including an original ending that has Denzel being brought to the voice to his house. And then at the very end, you find out that Denzel has given himself the butt bomb. And blows up the house. There's also a scene that's worth noting, which is that there's a sex scene between Denzel Washington and Rod Mitchell. Yeah. Which explains some weird scene, some weird dialogue that happens weird, in the movie where she's Some weird just like, chemistry that they shouldn't have. Yeah, and Rod Mitchell, at one point, her character, Lisa, is like, I keep thinking if we just had never, and then dot, 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 and doesn't really finish the thought, probably because it was cut. But they have, like, basically there's an attempt on Lisa's life or there's, like, an action scene where Denzel saves Lisa's life and then after that they have sex in a car. So this is exactly what happened with Proof of Life. Mm -hmm. Where they left the whatever happened with Russell Crowe and Meg Ryan ambiguous and it made the movie weirder. Yeah. And same thing here. Um, and then the end, you know, so obviously it's a very definitive ending, but it has, like, the totality of the revenge. Like, the voice gets got. Tony Scott cut the scene because he felt that it did not fit in with the tone of the film. I don't understand how it didn't fit in the tone of the film. He's blowing up somebody with a bomb in his ass. Feels yeah. like that fits right in, actually. Um, but I don't know. I'm okay with those. Guys. And it shows that he wouldn't ask anyone to do anything that he wouldn't ask himself to do. You know, I throwing in the sex scene with Rada Mitchell, I think would have been weird. But I do think they needed one more scene well, together. Well, there's something strange about the whole movie because... So, like, when when Mickey Rourke first approaches Sammy about getting a bodyguard because his insurance policy is about to run out, right? Yeah. There's, like, this bit about, like, and then your wife can save face. And it can't. I can't tell if, like, she's maybe hooked up with Emilio, the bodyguard, beforehand. And that's why he got let go. Or something. Oh, interesting. Like I, I think that there's a little bit to there to it where like Sammy and Lisa are not like always getting along, and yeah. there's some like problems there. And that's Mark like, Anthony's with J Lo, right? Mark Anthony's like working on his golf swing, <laughs> yeah, stealing J Lo from Ben Affleck. Apex Mountain, Denzel no, Tony Scott no, Walken no. Dakota Fanning's an interesting one. Mm -hmm. I think you could argue yes, because. It just felt like she was going to be this generational actor. Yeah, she's like a child who goes toe-to-toe -to -toe yeah. with Denzel Washington. Kids swimming meets. Fucking fuck yes. <laughs> fuck yes, Craig. Give fuck. me a whole Netflix series about that. <laughs> oh my God, Last Chance You with him? <laughs> Drive to Swim Vive. The uh, kidnapping movie. There's either trained or untrained. <laughs> yeah, that was a good... 
That was a good, uh, I like that trained or untrained thing. Yeah, there is no tough. There is just trained and untrained. Yeah. That's good. Kidnapping movies. Are you going to say Taken or are you going to say this? I think it, I think it's probably Taken. Taken spawned how many sequels? Three? Mm-hmm. It made the most money. It made Liam Neeson an action star. He's still fucking releasing. I don't really two know if they make Taken it without Man. Like Man on Fire like makes Taken possible. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. For me, it's number one. For me, for kidnapping movies, it's still my favorite. I like it a little more than Proof of Life, and I love Proof of Life. Yeah. One A, one B, maybe. It depends on your definition of. Um, yeah, I think this is up. I think this is probably it. It's definitely Rushmore. I mean, the thing is, Denzel is in it. And Denzel is one of the five most important actors we've had since you and I have been alive. Yeah. For a whole bunch of different reasons. So I think that pushes it over the top. Uh, Rachel Ticketin. Is that how we pronounce her name? I feel like we're I thought it was Ticotten, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I think sure. you're right. I still think it's Total Recall. Yeah. It's like one of the great science fiction movies of all time. Mexico City is an action locale. I think so. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, 20, 21st century Sicario's action. Sicario's more Juarez stuff. So, yeah. yeah. 21st century action movies. It's a big conversation. I gave you my... It's Fast Five, it's Wick 2, and this. And I think those are my three. And, may, and probably one of... Uh, does Dark Knight... Dark Knight doesn't count as an action movie. I think well, that's a comic I book. mean... Yeah, you get into like, does Den of Thieves count as an action movie or is that more of a crime movie? Oh, and the town. Right. Town. Yeah, I really love the town. I don't know. I'm confused. The town's pretty great. But would you call town the town an action movie? Yeah. It's not an action movie? What is it? Crime drama. Well, then this is a crime drama. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, would you, when you, if you were like, oh, hey, I saw Man on Fire, what genre is it? What would you say? Action. Action. Movie? Okay. I would yeah. say the, the town's a crime movie. What do you think, Craig? I agree. Town crime movie. <laughs> Craig's just in Chris's corner today. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, what I God. <laughs> you need to get a second person in here. Uh, best racehorse name. I think Creasy would be a great racehorse name. If you're at the track and they're like, and here's Creasy is number four. I would just go with horse on fire. Horse on fires, yeah. Great. Just like if you just like, and down the stretch comes horse on fires gaining. <laughs> That's a great name, yeah. Horse on fire, picking nits. Creasy just walks off those four bullets, she's good with them, yeah. It's right back in action a month later, say, staying in some weird hospital, getting like probably seems third also rate to like healthcare. just like. Like regularly bleed out for a little while. Like he, like that's part of his like restoration process. Is he'll yeah. just be like hanging out, bleeding in pools. Yeah. You know? I'm positive that's not how you recover from gunshot wounds. <laughs> <laughs> just, just continually bleeding. <laughs> Feels like there's a whole bunch uh, of ways that could go horribly yeah. wrong. Uh, Mention why wouldn't they kill Creasy in the hospital? How about would you bleed to death if you got your hand shot off? Uh, or get your fingers. Sliced off. I mean, well, that, that one guy, guy gets his hand shot off. Yeah. And then they show him later, and he's just got this stump, and it's not even bleeding. It looks like it's been cauterized almost. I don't uh, understand that at all. I definitely don't think that... I think that some of the people that Creasy tortures might die out before he gets the information that he needs. So, yeah, that's a definite nitpick. The other one I have... 
I think it's a little hard to follow in the last hour, even as somebody who's seen this movie 25 times. How we get from point A to point B to point C with how he's getting information. And even like when he goes to see Mickey Rourke's character and he's dead. And yeah, it's just that's a deleted scene. Mark Anthony chops off his head with a sword. Actually. Yeah, ki- you kind of <laughs> need that one, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I, I just think there's a lot going on and not somebody to kind of w- help walk us through it. His ability to immediately track down the secretive, deeply protected crime gang yeah. within minutes of getting out of the intensive care unit is pretty impressive. But then again, he is... He is crazy. He's painting his masterpiece. Yeah. What else do you have for picking this? Uh, so, like, Mariana, the the journalist, just throws the weight of the the press behind this vigilante mission. Like, her editor's not like, hey, how come you just keep looking up these bank records and license plates? Is that going into a story or something like that? And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm giving it to this guy, John, who's going to blow some people up from the ass. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one, because I was thinking it was a borderline picking it for me. They, she's just shot in the head, like, 10 minutes in the movie, right? Yeah, but it's also just, like, she she quickly is just like I'm all in on this vigilante mission. Not yeah. Not, I mean I know she gets to p- print pictures of the voice at one point, but yeah. She's like I'm all in on this vigilant. Yeah. I'm dead now. Damn. <laughs> I thought I was going to win our the Mexican Pulitzer, and now my head is uh, uh, sideways. Sequel. Pre- Craig, you had any picking nets? Yeah, I had one. Why does Rada Mitchell go on these business trips with Mark Anthony amid this like kidnapping pandemic? She's like, oh yeah, I'll leave my daughter to fly to Detroit with my husband. Yeah, great one. Craig's really stepping it up. It's a great pick in it. She's the mother. Like, why does she need to go on this business trip? We have to hire a bodyguard for our daughter. (laughs) Hey, you're going to Vegas? There's a kidnapping every 60 minutes. She's like, I gotta go. I love how you're subtly trying to make me jealous by like going to Craig because Craig keeps trying to whip Craig back. (laughs) Craig, great point. She's like, you God, you're Mon- sharp. <laughs> you go to Monaco? I'm in. What are we going to do with our daughter? Ah, crease, drunk, crazy spot. Yeah, that Mickey guy we caught <laughs> chambering bullets and drinking Jack Daniels is going to watch her. Who let the bird go the first day yeah. he came in? You're free. <sighs> Comes back. They come back from vacation four days later, and she's now a world class swimmer. Yeah. She's like, she, sw- she just swam a 9 9 in the 100. She did? Yeah. Sequel, prequel, prestige TV, all black cast are untouchable. I definitely would take prequel. I mean, obviously Denzel's a prequel little old, but walking in Denzel gallivanting through the 80s and 90s of counterterrorism would be awesome. Listen, you mentioned the remake possibilities before. This would be an incredible prestige TV. If Amazon or one of those were like, yeah. we're redoing Man on Fire, we're blowing it out. How many I'm episodes, though, one. would you be able to handle of the, the preamble of like him and Peter just getting to know each other? F- four hours? You, I, you'd really have to have a good actress. Yeah. The crucial point we already made, like if that actress isn't good, those scenes are brutal. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like crush those. Well, this is going to be interesting. Better with Wayne Jenkins, <laughs> Danny Trejo, Catherine Hahn, Steve Buscemi, Sam Jackson, JT Walsh, or Philip Baker Hall. We don't get a lot of Trejo love in this category. No. But man, he could have been involved in this movie. Sure. I would like to see Wayne Jenkins in the Rayburn role though. Oh. God damn. Crazy! <laughs> Didn't know you're about to paint your masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know death was your art. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> great stuff! Just want to ask her who gets it. I mean, it would be 
it would be Denzel. I would give it to Dakota Fanning. For supporting actress. I looked up the best supporting actress for us that year. Kate Blanchett won for The Aviator as Katherine Hepburn, which is a weird Oscar. I think it'll all even out. It's like MVPs where it's, you know, Jordan ended up winning. Well, he should have won eight. I think he won six. Mm-hmm. But there's some one year you don't get it and then you get yeah. one later. I won't be telling my grandkids about Kate Blanchett as Katherine Hepburn, but she should have two Oscars and she'll have three after Tar. The other ones are Laura Linney for Kinsey. Sophie Akinado for Hotel Rwanda. That's she's actually good in that. Uh, Natalie Portman in Closer. That's fucking weird. Yeah. And then Virginia Madsen in Sideways, who's great as Maya. So you replace Portman with Fanning? I don't. I didn't re- even remember Kinsey. Oh yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to down Laura Linney, who we we love. That's what my wife calls her. It's Laura Linney, but my wife's like, I love Laura Linney. I'm like, you, you mean Laura Linney? <laughs> um, does your wife have like malapropisms where they just Sometimes. can't get names right? Yeah. It's like, it's not Laura Linney. It's Laura Linney. She's one of the best actresses <laughs> we have. I can't believe you're also correcting people well, the, on that, the pronunciation. But that one, it's like Laura name. Linney. Come on. But yeah, I would get rid of that Natalie Portman closer. What a fucking weird, how is she nominated for an Oscar for Closer? I kind of, I got to admit, fuck? I can't remember closer at all. Is that the one where it's like Clive Owens in that? Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, like a stripper. And it was like that, uh, that Damien Rice song. I can't take my eyes off you. Remember that song? Yes. Um, yeah, I'll give her that one. Probably unanswerable questions. Did John Wick rip off this movie blatantly or just, uh, Peripherally. I think the way that he carries himself, the damaged goods ex-assassin wants to be retired, just kind of like that vibe. Keanu very much has some some creasy vibes to him. Did, Obviously, they have like a different like kind of fantasy imagination of the world he exists in. Craig, this one's for you. Does Devontae Adams rip off this movie? Devontae Adams does this thing on third down catches where he does the Denzel man on fire walk away from the car walk after the catch. So he like doesn't it, celebrate. He catches. He did it to the Chargers yesterday. He had this one-handed catch on third down and fucking man on fire walked it back to the huddle where he just doesn't react and just does this Denzel how, walk back. How and do I'm you like, think is this he, a man on fire tribute? What is this? To really sell it, he needs to try and shove the football up the <laughs> cornerback's ass as he's walking. Basically, he's doing that yesterday against Chargers. Um, why wouldn't Creasy have figured out a way to just kill everyone at the end? He made a deal. But you're making a deal with fucking scumbags. I think that he who, is dying. You, so, think, you think he knows he's dying? Yeah, I think he has tried to TB12 method those yeah. gunshot wounds for a while. And then takes a straight up takes a shot right to the chest at that one point in the uh, was in the apartment. With yeah, the, the brother. So I think he knows that his clock is ticking out. The TB12 method is almonds and just bleed out. Yeah, bourbon. <laughs> if if <laughs> anybody practice. I know gets shot, I'm just gonna be like, it's fine, just bleed it out, bleed yeah. it out. Yeah, the get, more it bleeds, the, the better pool. it is. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. You have any unanswerable questions? How many fingers do you think you could lose before you told the truth? Oh, I would be like, I'd immediately tell the truth. Yeah. Like, you're going to take one of my fingers? What do you want to know? <laughs> Chris lives here. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Ryan, here's his address. You need a social? <laughs> the fingers? I never know, like, what the actor is supposed to do in that situation. Because I, I would just think that would be the most pain 
Well, and then he's cauterizing it with the cigarette lighter. Yeah, it's you just, see, the actor's just, it's like, how loud do you scream when yeah. that's happening, but not make it seem like a self-parody? Best double feature choice of this movie. I had Flight. But you oh, could also talk to me in a proof Damage of life. Denzel. Damage Denzel. I like it. A movie that both of us really like and might end up on the rewatchables at some point, even though it's a movie about an alcoholic, crazy pilot. I, I love Flight. I love Flight. Incredible Kelly Riley performance. Incredible in Goodman. Yeah. Yeah, Kelly Riley, Sean's girl. <laughs> I would I would pair this with Proof of Life. Okay. The Andy and Red Zawantanay Award for what happened the next day. So do you, do you think PETA dedicates her life to becoming an Olympic swimmer in honor of Creasy? Oh, great question. Or does being 5'4 kind of curtail her trajectory? I think she at least competes at a really high level in high school. Yeah. It's whatever academy she Do you think she, she loses some of her youthful effervescence? I, th I think she's probably a little scarred from the three weeks in the kidnapper day. Yeah, and then watching her her best friend get abducted for her, in yeah. exchange for her, yeah. And and then finding out that her dad killed himself. Hey, where's dad? He sold her into the house, yeah. <laughs> hey, where's dad? I want to see him. Um, <laughs> is the dog still around? <laughs> yeah, it's the dog. That, that one's got that. The nanny's still here. Yeah. The nanny. Hey, what's that chalk outline in the living room with the <laughs> one empty bullet case next Right in to front it? of the golf simulator. <laughs> <laughs> um, what piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie? You can't say the rocket launcher. I sent you the the like varsity jacket that Denzel wears for the last half of it, but if I had to great. choose, I think it would be his entire rave ensemble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a John Creasy at a rave. I think the chain would actually be. I'm trying now. I'm trying to oh, think. The, they have this, that prop store, yeah, where you can see what the real props go for. So, like the Shawshank Bible went for like 400. Basically, they took our category and it's now a real life thing. <laughs> I'm not saying we created it, but it's simultaneously. Yeah. And the Shawshank Bible went for 430 thousand dollars, which seems high. It is a bit high, but it's got the cutout for the hammer. It's got. It's the Bible. Yeah. So. I was trying to think. It's not, it's not the original Bible. <laughs> it's it's not the original Bible. Bible. It's the Shawshank Bible. But I was trying to think, like, if that was a reasonable price and I would bought that, right? Uh-huh. And then you came over. And I was like, Chris, I got to show you something. I got the Shawshank Bible. And you'd hold it. And you'd be like, whoa, the Shawshank Bible. Yeah, that's it. Because you then you give it back to me. That's cool, man. I know. It's like you can't even really read any chapters and verses in there. Oh, look, that's where the hammer, hammer went. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where it went. And look at the top is where he wrote. Like ultimately, what do you yeah. do with it? You're just it's I don't know. And it, the reverse is that I could just show up with a pair of aviators on it. I could be like, these are Al Pacino's aviators <laughs> and cruising. <laughs> yeah. Steve Forbes, Gabe Ward, John Forbes. Um so I'd take the chain. Okay. I think that's good. It's an important part of the movie. The Coach Finstock Award for Best Life Lesson. For me, it's don't arrange your own child's kidnapping. I learned that before. I, I saw this movie before I had kids, and I just like, just point blank, never going to have my own kids kidnapped. Yeah. I would say if your lawyer tells you that your wife is a sweet piece of ass, get a different lawyer. <laughs> that was like a real red flag is when Mickey works like, yeah, your wife great ass. We didn't really talk about Mickey enough in this movie. Yeah. Were you were you pro Mickey or anti Mickey? I'm very pro Mickey, but I think even Mickey could have done more with that part. I would have I would have I would have taken more 
of the Jordan Kalfas part. Yeah. And less of the uh, Giancarlo Giannini part. Oh, interesting. Like, I just think he's he's very cool, but it's also weird how they're like, they have to like explain why this Italian guy is in the movie. <laughs> That's what Mickey looks like now. Mickey disfigured himself the most out of, I think, any handsome person. Yeah, you're probably right. He also has had his face beaten to a pulp, right? Yeah. Right. I think that was part of it. Who uh, who won the movie? That's so, Washington. Are you going to say Dakota Fanning? No, can we do the Tony Scott case? Yeah, sure. This is, the, this is probably the best example. Well, I would see, the thing is that we just did this, and when we did this with Enemy of the State, I think we were like, this is the most stylish he ever got while still hanging on to like, clinging to a, a plot of a movie. But this is my favorite, this is probably my favorite hallucinatory Tony Scott movie. For me, it's Denzel. I don't think that's a hot take. It's okay. my favorite Denzel movie. I really love Dakota Fanning, and I really love Tony Scott. And I think Walken's great, and it's 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 a good four top there. Yeah. Those four. Craig, what are your final thoughts? If if you when when talking about how good somebody was in a in an acting role, if you think about how easily you could replace that actor with a different actor mm -hmm. and not lose much. I think you could argue that Dakota Fanning's performance is like a top five performance of the 21st century. Now you're now now you've won me back. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> grab you you could replace Jennifer Lawrence with name your other actress in her 30s and like the movie would be okay. It, it could still stand up right. and survive. Brie Larson in room. If, the yeah, sure. if Brie Larson is in Silver Lining's playbook, it's, it's fine. Pretty good. There is probably like one other child actor on the planet that we have doesn't even know exists that could probably do what Dakota Fanning Well, did. I think that the the thing with child acting is like when it's good, it's almost like supernatural. Yeah. You know, like, cause like there's just so much bad child acting where you're like, I can't believe I've just sit through this kid. Yeah. But this is so good that you're like, your mind is blown. It's stunning. Why isn't there an Oscar for child acting? You know, people have talked about that because there's been years- fair. Well, when, when I think Sean and I did something once a couple of years ago about if they added Oscar categories to make it like it would obviously be best comedy, sure. You'd add, yeah. but like should but there, there be, be like an kids? under twelve Oscar? Or I something. think there should. I I actually because it's a different like Jacob Tremblay in Room. Like that kid was incredible. Yeah, and like nobody doesn't go anywhere. How many has there ever been a kid who's won an Oscar as a child and then wound up having a great career? Who's the youngest person to ever win an Oscar? More like Anna Paquin won for the piano, right? Did Haley Joel Osment? He just got nominated. He got nominated. Yeah. Didn't that little girl get nominated in Paper Moon? Tatum oh, O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill. Yeah. yeah. The problem is, especially with the. It's uh, like if you're a nine year old actor who wins an Oscar, do you turn out to be Al Pacino? Probably not. No, like, but we've had cases like Christian Bale. No, like, in, uh, yeah. River Empire Phoenix was a great child actor who yeah. became like a great actor. Yeah. Slater. Ethan Hawke. The girl in Caruso? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No. Caruso. <laughs> that girl was really good. She's in the Fablemans too. Which girl? You know her? The girl in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood who actually. Oh, Julia Leo. Butters. Yeah. yeah. She's good. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, I'm with Craig. I, I think it's an amazing performance because she it never feels like she's acting and she really connects with Denzel. Like the most emotional point of the movie to me is like when she won the swim meet and jumped into his right. arms. Yeah. I was like, that's where I peaked emotionally in the film. I know. <laughs> I get really choked up at the end. I don't really get choked up when I watch movies that I've seen before, but the ending really gets me when she 
when she, she asks him, him a hug. Denzel's like crying. It feels yeah. every all of it's it really, feels really yeah, real. Yeah, it's very very sweet. Great movie. Denzel is like a coach, mentor, teacher. That's my favorite. Well, Denzel. Like, like, remember it's a, the Titans. It's a dry run Denzel. for Remember the Titans. Yeah. yeah. Well, he kind of does that in Training Day too, right? Yeah. You're right. Like Denzel just should have been a coach. Oh, he's the best yeah. coach ever. Like he should have for one year been. Like, I'm just going to be the basketball coach at Harvard Westlake for one year. Yeah. Like, yeah. do they lose a game? Like, if they were just like, Denzel, why don't you come be special teams coordinator for the Colorado Just like, do what, Jeff Saturday, just do what Jeff Saturday does. Just kind of be a culture guy. Yeah. Vibes. You don't need to run X's and O's. Yeah. Just give speeches. We got to be tougher than them. <laughs> and that's just all he does. Trained and untrained. <laughs> that would have been amazing. All right. This podcast was produced by Craig Horlbeck. Next week, we're doing yet another one of my favorite movies of all time. Chris Ryan, thank you. Thank you.